0: Olive oil, goats, scotch, tomatoes. Is there nothing Milo minor, biter can't smuggle to make a profit on? Stay tuned to find out.
1: You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV Talk. Now, let the buzz begin.
0: Hey guys, welcome back. We're here uh, talking episode four of Catch 22. Amazing. Uh, Yo-Yo's the king of the clouds, and he takes Milo takes Yo-Yo and Orr on a wild adventure. It was a crazy episode. I'm your host, Janine Doyle, and I'm here with the amazing Linda Antwi. Hey, guys.
1: I am so excited to be back. Yeah, this was such a good episode. What were your overall thoughts? I loved this episode. I loved everything about this episode. I loved how we were traveling the world, during war times, but from a different perspective, and from Milo's perspective, and finding out his backstory, and all the things that he gets involved, it was really uh, interesting to see that. And then, you know, I have a soft spot for Yo-Yo, so just his uh, journey, and the things that he had to go through this episode, I, it was fantastic. Beautifully shot, by the way. So gorgeous.
0: Oh. Yeah, I loved this episode, too. Exactly on the same page as you, it was the same side or a different side of the same coin basically so we saw Mm -hmm. a really different perspective um we saw the story with yo-yo's like transformation and journey really progress and we i mean michael klaus you're not here tonight but i'm sure that if he was he you know he might have some thoughts last time he thought that yo-yo was maybe the antagonist but Things flipped back, man, on this one. Yeah, Yeah. so let's jump right into it. it. So the show opens. um, Actually, it was kind of interesting. It opened from a woman's perspective, Mm -hmm. and this was one of the episodes directed by a woman, which I thought was really interesting. So it starts with the nurses, and then Yo-Yo gets to um, run his... Idea by the only other sane person um, he Nurse could find, Ducat. Nurse Duckett. Yeah, and was it just me, or were you sensing some romantic chemistry there?
1: Um, I I didn't get a sense of romance. What I got a sense of is kind of similar to what we talked about last week, where he seems he thinks that he is the only sane person, and I I'm starting to believe him. I'm starting to believe because he's the only one that's complaining and trying to get out of there, and things are always changing. And, you know, I know I spoke about it a little bit uh, last time, but it really seems to be true in this episode. And I like that he got the pre- female perspective uh, with Nerf Duckett because I think that she has seen it all. Yeah. You know, in mm-hmm. the worst of the worst, and she has one of those level-headed... um demeanors about her, and it's almost calming. Yeah, um, absolutely. I did want to mention this real quick. the the way they handled the charred remains Oh my of, gosh. of uh McWatt and it was just out in the hey. open, and that was like the opening shot. I thought that that was fascinating, but what I was most surprised about was uh, Yo-Yo's response to the death of his friends. And lack thereof.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And and having Kid Samson's limbs sitting there on the other table (laughs) um, was, I mean, for someone who is clearly traumatized by this war, about being in an airplane and then watching his friends die in such a really shocking way, that was a very like cavalier way to go about it. And the fact that they took his, oh, it's a ten percent chance that that's that person. As Oh, I'll take that as a yes. It just was really, really indicative of sort of how the whole leadership approaches that.
1: Yeah. And so I wasn't sure if it was either because, you know, we talked about how he took the loss of that new uh, gunner who he didn't know quite hard. And uh, there was another loss in the first episode that he took kind of hard. So I thought him being so nonchalant, I don't know if... It was too close to him, and he didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Or he dealt with it by uh, doing all these missions so quickly so he can get out of there. But whatever it was, I was surprised by his reaction. Yeah, because he was sort of losing it a little bit
0: last episode. This episode, he had a game plan. um, And he, I mean, he went after that scene with him becoming the king of the clouds. Mm -hmm. Um, He... That, the way that they shot that, the way they pieced that together and watched him, I mean, he went after it and he was facing his fear head on. Mm-hmm. And then there was that moment where it's the last mission and things go quiet.
1: Yeah, that was beautifully, that was one of the things that I thought was really, really beautiful.
0: Yeah, that, that tension. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The tension and just how it would have been that quiet for him you know, the score being gone, it would have been that quiet and that important for him to finish it up and and move on, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I thought it was perfect, too. I know that they've really used music very well Mm -hmm. in this series, Um, but the fact that they used the uh, song In the Mood, um, that big band song, I just thought it was so perfectly fitting for the euphoria he was probably feeling. Yeah, yeah. Trying to, you know, get off that airplane, get his last slip and go and turn it in.
1: And also satirical because, you know, you're bombing a country. So there's that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's definitely a disconnect. And I think there there must have to be just to be able to continue moving forward and doing what you're doing of disconnecting what you're actually doing with what you need to do do yep. right so you need to you're enlisted you have to get these missions done um you have to get through it also to survive yep. um and there's a complete disconnect of you know how many thousand feet below you there are actually people that are yep. going to be impacted by this bomb
1: Yep. yeah and, and and speaking of impacting and just the military in general something else i wanted to uh run by you was their little military tribunal that they had where they had um, Yo-Yo sitting there and they wanted to know what led up to Kid Samson's death and, Mm -hmm. you know, was he mentally unwell? Was he insane? And how Yo-Yo responded to that was like, yeah, he was that. Yeah, he was that. Because, you know, if you're insane or you're crazy, that's the Catch-22 on the show. However when they said, well, the military's not responsible. And he was like, yes. And they're like, no, answer the question. No, you guys are unilaterally responsible Absolutely. for insanity. I thought that was brilliant. It I thought was- that whole scene, brilliant in the day and times that we live in, and uh, 2019, how relevant, but beautiful in that moment as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That would, if I had to pick a moment, that would maybe be the thesis of the series, yeah. that interaction right there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's
1: fantastic. It's okay. really good.
0: So Yo-Yo gets off the plane, gets his last slip, walks in to turn it in. Were you thinking that he would
1: be successful? Absolutely not. You already knew. I already knew. How did you see that playing out? Uh, I felt like this. I knew that he was going to complete the missions and he was going to run through the bu- bureaucratic red tape. And whether that's real red tape or not, that that's what was going to happen. So I knew he would do his part, but I knew that the bureaucracy, which is the military, was not going to do their part. And we, we've we already seen it as we've gone from episode one to three, how they, you know, randomly promote people, how they don't know who's who or what's what, and and this arbitrary uh, mission count changing and changing and changing. So I knew that he was going to be able to do his part. I just knew that they weren't going to be able to hold up their end of the bargain. Yeah. Yeah. And purposely, you know, when the major put his paperwork underneath and was like, Oh well, we didn't get to it. You weren't doing anything. You could have gotten to it, but you know, this is, this is again, the Catch-22. It's the rotating, the endless rotating circle of we're going to keep using you, using you, using you until the war is over.
0: Yeah, I was pretty sure that that um, female officer was going to be the end point, that there was going to be some sort of, a oh, really? you can't turn it in. Yeah, just the way that she was reacting. But then when she stamped it and went to Lieutenant Colonel Korn, who was, a piece of work, let me tell you. But he, um, yeah, watching him slide it right under the bottom of that pile of papers, it was like, I- I'm so glad he didn't see that because yeah. for another minute, he got to really believe that he was going to go home.
1: And and for most of the episode, he was believing he was yeah. going home. He was celebrating, having beers with his friends, saying the yeah. mini goodbyes.
0: Yeah, that was a really powerful moment, too. And um, you know, the rest of the episode was really fun, and he still believed that. I mean, he was confused for a lot of it, and that totally leads me to my next um, point, which is Milo's Grand Adventure. But before we get into that, Linda, do you want to let them know a little bit more about our
1: network? Guys, yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Uh, So before we move on, because the show is so great and we have so much to say, we just wanted to thank you so much for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. We could not do it without you. But we are asking for your help. If wherever you're watching, whether you're on YouTube, you're on iTunes, you're on Spotify, wherever it is that you're watching, please like, subscribe, five star, whatever the outlet is for however you're watching us. And tell a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend so that we can continue to grow and do what we love to do and you be able to interact with what we love because you love it too. Guys. Uh, comment and let us know what you think of this show specifically, but of our other shows as well. Um, thank you. Thank yeah. you for allowing us to do what we love, because we love what you love.
0: I could not have said it better myself. That was perfect. Mm-hmm. All of those points, I agree. So, Milo's Grand Adventure. So, Yoga gets roped into helping... Um, uh, Milo, and was it or Was Or, or. with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the three of them go on this adventure, and they go from Sicily to Palermo to Malta to Iran and Algeria. They go sort of all over the place. When they first started going on this adventure, how did you see this playing out? Did you think it was just going to be that one trip? Did you sort of know
1: it was going to be a bigger... I thought it was going to be the one trip until the one trip changed a little bit. I was like, oh this little thing where he said i have i'm on a mission to pick up some things it's going to be some big things but it's all going to make sense and i this was my favorite part of the episode
0: oh yeah it was so much fun yeah. um the shot of them in that airplane full of goats was just spectacular yeah. television yeah. really really wonderful yeah. um and then you know, there's another part where Milo actually becomes the mayor of a small town because he keeps bringing scotch in. Mm-hmm. Um, the,
1: the Milo El Syndico. Listen, Milo is bigger than I ever imagined. <laughs> so this, uh, I was going to call him a sous chef, but this mess hall manager mm-hmm. is... So many things and now him becoming the mess hall manager and how big of a deal that was for him really makes sense. He makes himself these things. So like you said, he's the mayor of Palamo, but he's also the first American in over 120 years to hold the assistant governor general of Malta position, they call him Major Sir Milo <laughs> Bender, and then in Oran, he holds another title. So I was like, this guy is the best wheeler and dealer I have ever seen. Yeah,
0: I would want him on my team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so a little bit of interesting history. So Malta is the 10th smallest uh, country in Europe now, but it was actually a British colony. It was a really important um, location in World War II strategically. So I thought it was uh, really great that they included it in sort of this roundabout way. Mm -hmm. Um, Very pomp, very circumstance. Them in their, like, I wouldn't say a tuxedo, but definitely a dressier suit. Um, watching them navigate that and the looks, like, or was on board the entire time Yo-Yo was sort of like, what is happening? I I don't understand what's yeah, going
1: on. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was intense for him for a little bit there, but I think he finally got on board and realized, like, how fantastic that this guy actually is.
0: Yeah, um, and, like, the other thing, too, is that this is such...
1: After Buzz. Well, Afterbus TV it is indeed. <laughs> we love it here so much we wanted to remind you what you were watching. So sorry about
0: that guy, sticky fingers back here.
1: <laughs> so um anyway, so
0: Milo has got it made in the shade with this position that he's walked his way talked his way, walked his way, all the, sauntered really yeah. his way into. Um something interesting though is that it's it's quite different in the show how they've portrayed it than in the book. Mm. So in the show he sort of acknowledges that he's doing this so that he can have a little protection and a little status. Um, in the book, he is more calculated openly about it. He ends up getting um, uh, Colonel Cuthbart Cuthcart, Cuthcart. to agree to have all the other men sub in for him on his missions, but if they were to win a medal on that mission, it would automatically go back to Milo. So it's a little bit more devious than how it's played out in this episode, but um, yeah, go. You look like you have a lot to say about this.
1: I feel like he is still being quite devious because at first he wasn't telling his fellow friends that this is what I'm up to. He just kind of exposed them to him. But he exposed them because he needed Yo-Yo. He needed Yo-Yo to be uh, that fa- fancy American financier, which you know they both played along to, with, but they were also pawns in his whole scheme of things. And what I thought was interesting about Milo specifically as well was when he talked about his own missions and how he's he doesn't know when he's ever going to get out because he's only done like five missions. I don't think he really wants out of being in like the military and the reason why he doesn't want out is because this is the side story Eminem is his hustle Eminem is his survival and Eminem is who he gets his manhood from because like you said like we just went down he's a big deal in all of these cities you know they had like a little parade um, in uh, Palmero where he was just like the best. He's the mayor and he, they're clapping for him. They had a banner for him. So he's not trying to leave this lifestyle at all.
0: I totally agree. It gives him a ton of prestige. Also, about that parade, I thought it was such an amazing tieback to that first parade scene. Such a different mm-hmm. tone, right? And attitude about it. Um, and we as the audience felt very differently about this parade as yeah. well. We were like on board with this Milo parade because it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I totally agree that he's not running for the door. But I do think that his using Yo-Yo and or as a pawn is more mischievous in the show, where it's more like conniving or diabolical in the book. book. Mm. Yeah, so, um, but I'm really, really excited to watch that character sort of develop.
1: Yeah, and can we just (laughs) talk a little bit bit more about Oran? Because when he told uh, the Sultan that this was Nelson D. Rockefeller, I almost (laughs) fell out of my chair. Fell out of my chair. And then when Yo-Yo. Couldn't re- like he was doing a good job in trying to be surface cool about answering questions, but when Or was able to give the detail, I was like, "I'm, I'm done with you two. All of you guys need to work together because you guys are all fabulous at this little Eminem enterprise thing." Yeah, but it's dangerous. Like
0: if they wielded that power for evil, it would be so dangerous because they are. They're handsome. They have this smooth talking. They flash Perfect. the smile, the little suit. I'm on board. I'm sold. Whatever. I'll in- invest in your oil that's it. fields or your buy all your goats. That's, that's for sure. A, that's yeah. For sure,
1: for sure. I loved it. I and Orr
0: was an interesting character in this episode, too, because he also mentioned really happily that his plane went down.
1: Yeah. It was, yeah.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. So. That, to me, is showing more and more of his own insanity because he was like, I can't wait for next time. I'll know what to do. Like, I got this now. And that was a really interesting response. It could not be more different than yo-yos.
1: And, uh, excuse me, I also think that he sees it almost as a game a little bit because he said, yeah, "Yeah, my new B-25 went down yesterday. And I was thinking, well... Is he thinking it's because he didn't know how to fly that plane, and it was a little bit of a challenge? And then it was funny that it went down because he didn't know it. But now he'll know it. It's not going to happen again. You know that's life or death. You may you could not have walked away from that easily. You know it's very it's very uh, tricky tricky. Well, it's also the circular logic that we keep seeing over
0: and over. Yeah. The circular thinking, the circular talking. No. Um, okay, so. They get back, they get back, and uh, Yo-Yo's expecting to get his discharge papers, and he finds out otherwise, Um, so, you know, he sabotaged the paperwork and then rose the mission count to another five, so what did you think about that, were you, I mean, it sounds like you weren't that surprised, but how did you see all that playing out, do you think his reaction was sort of true to what we know about the character? Uh, I
1: think his reaction was shock because, again, him thinking that he's one of the only sane people there and really trying his best, you know, maneuvering the politics of being at war and thinking that he won, he actually truly had those emotions where he thought he got one up over them when you find out that it's the military, at the end of the day, you're dismissed when they say you're dismissed, unless you are willing to do things that are above and beyond, you know, like, deserting or whatever. So, I felt like it was him generally not only being disappointing, disappointed, but realizing that this was it. Like, he's in it. Mm-hmm. That that That's it. 55 is going to be 60, and 65, 60 is going to be 65, and so on, and so on that was the moment he realized like it's it's never going to end.
0: Yeah, and I think he, I think him going to the hospital and trying one last ditch sort of weak attempt at getting written off of having to go immediately back on a plane um you know he sort of came to terms
1: with it and then yeah, I saw the hospital now as his refuge, yeah. his peace of mind. His, him relating to the nurse as the only other sane person. Because he even said, when she asked, "Like, well, what's wrong with you this time? He's like, I don't even know. He doesn't even know because there's just so much. So let me just be here and lie down and just be at peace. Yeah, and I mean, to that point also is that
0: he doesn't know what's wrong with him because I don't think PTSD was really understood until much much later after world war 2 i think they referred to it at that point as shell shock um, but that was sort of you know an unspecific name for general like anxiety and you don't really want to admit to it so when he says i don't know what's wrong with me i genuinely believe that yeah, yeah. i agree i genuinely believe that i absolutely agree okay so He's unsuccessful at getting out of the military. He realizes he has to go on more missions. He goes out, and Nately has some big news. So Nately, poor sweet Nately, 24-year-old Nately has bought a ring for his um, lady of the night, lady of his eye, Clara, and and Yo-Yo doesn't take that very well. Are you sort of on Team Nately on this or on Team Yo-Yo?
1: Um, I'll say this. I w- I'm on Team Yo-Yo for the directness of his response to Natalie. Um, and then I'm also on Team Yo-Yo for how he walked it back once he knew he was hurting his friend and said, you know, I'll be your best man. I'll support you, whatever. Even though he knows that it's a bad idea, he's going to support his friend anyway.
0: Yeah. You know, I I have a very soft spot in my heart for men who are openly romantic and vulnerable like that. There's something very sweet and endearing about how much Nately has emotionally attached to this woman, regardless of her profession. We don't know much about her background. We don't know the circumstances. Um, Don't think that it's, like, the most responsible idea, given that you're in the middle of the war. She is on the, she's, like, a foreign national that you are literally bombing her country weekly, if not daily. Um, you don't know her very well. You don't speak the same language. There's a lot of reasons why it's not the most responsible
1: decision. But I sort of was rooting for them. I mean, I get it. I I, I agree with everything you're saying. And I also think, too, you got to remember, he is 24. It's probably his first real love. It's probably uh where he lost his virginity in that those times, so he absolutely thinks he's in love, and he thinks he's going to marry her and open the restaurant okay. and live happily ever after, and you know what? Bravo! Do yeah. You know, like, have that dream, and, and especially in war times, have that. Yeah. It's a lot more developed in the book, too, which I think they toned down, they cut
0: down. Just for timing, they couldn't really get into that story, but I do like that in the book, they love each other. Like, it's reciprocated. She also loves him, mm-hmm. which leads me, you know, she's very upset um, then because <coughs> of what happens next, which is they get up in the air, uh, they miss Yo-Yo's mark, they have to turn around, and then Nately is is killed. Um, so were you expecting that way to end?
1: Yeah, No. Uh, not at all. Like, not at all. I, when they said they were t- returning back to the Target and 30 seconds to Target, 30, I, I felt like the shivers because I knew something was not going to be mm-hmm. right. And because it was, you know, the happy, happy, I found the love of my life, I knew something was not going to go well. So, yeah, it's getting dark. It is. Mm-hmm. It
0: is. I wasn't expecting it to have such a dark ending because the rest of the tone of the rest of the episode was, was much more upbeat than yep. episode three. Yeah, took a turn. I think it's a good reminder that, that it's war more times. Time. Mm-hmm. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that leads me to our special segment. Yes. Yeah. So, um, as you guys know, we highlight a different. Um, off-screen hero, a uh, real-life bombardier. Look at that! I was able to say it correctly this time. Yes, um, get it. So I wanted to call attention to this amazing guy, um, Charlie Grebe, who went overseas actually when his daughter was five years old mm-hmm. or five months old. I apologize, five months old. But he promised his wife that he would be back before his daughter turned one. So he had seven months, under seven months, to go do his tour and come back to fulfill that promise. Uh, He volunteered for, that's him and his lovely family, if you are watching on the YouTube thread. so he, uh, he did what Yo-Yo did and he volunteered for every possible mission he could to run up his, his numbers, his numbers as quickly as possible. He was even offered a promotion to second lieutenant and he passed it. Um, he turned it down because it, he wasn't going to be able to volunteer. And speed it up. Aww. So he, and he actually says that that choice of being able to go back to his daughter is what saved his life. I bet. Because four days later, the person who did take the promotion got shot down. Wow. And was killed. Um, so he survived 31 missions and came very, very close to um, being injured or killed several times um, in Germany, but he was able to run up his time and went home on his daughter's
1: first birthday. I love that story. I love it. Yeah, so he awesome. was able to
0: do it. Um, he did say yeah. that when he arrived, his daughter did not know who he was because she was one years old um, and wanted nothing to do with him, but I'm... Um, he he credits her with saving his life in World War II. He actually passed away in 2017, but he Aww. was really, really vocal about wanting to make sure, there he is, um, that the oral history of some of these guys were, were maintained. So thank you. Um, Mr. Greeby for your service. We Thank really you for appreciate your it. And now I think we have some news and gossip about we the show. do.
1: So there's a couple of things. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was squeezing into the cockpit. So a lot of the scenes with Yo-Yo and his fellow, fellow pilots uh, swooping in and out of the air That's all special effects and really, really good special effects. But uh, the actors and writers also got a chance to work with two actual B-25 Mitchells, uh, a downgrade from the 45 planes Nichols employed in this feature, which is the original feature. Uh, What they did was they transported one of the planes from Los Angeles to the series set uh, in Sardina, which required seven stops for refueling. But apparently it proved really worth the logistical nightmare because what they found was they they were rewriting parts of the script after they found out how cramped inside the spaces were and how cramped the planes were. And fun fact, they didn't actually fly the plane, but what they did do was ride it one mile per hour down the runway so they could get the full experience plane experience where it's like shaking and, shaking and vibrating and tiny and no space to move around so i thought that that though, was a really fun fact
0: yeah that's really interesting
1: yes so you guys know that uh they are on a full-on media blitz for catch 22 so i thought that this was a fun picture where you have just the full cat cast uh they're in london here and it's like all the boys are out
0: they they're all so handsome and they all
1: look so similar. They all look so similar. They really which do. We've talked about, yeah.
0: It is a little hard for me to keep track of who's who when it's a lot of stuff is happening on on the right because they all have the same look.
1: Yeah, generally they have speaking. Like, the
0: apple cheeks and the the big smile. But and that what hair. a fantastic cast! Yeah. What a talented,
1: fantastic cast. I gotta tell you though, jo- George Clooney still always stands out. Like, oh, he's yeah. like the mega star. Your eye goes right there. Um, And then, you know, just doing a little bit of research. So John Voight, uh, who's left in the photo if you're following us uh, live, as Milo Minderbinder is shown in this 1970 Mike Nichols directed film version of Catch-22.
0: That is in my Amazon watch list right now. Crazy, right? But I didn't want to watch it until after this um, series, because I wanted to just be able to focus on this series, but I can absolutely saw, see John Voight as Milo. Yeah. Right.
1: And uh notable mention is uh, Martin balson who plays uh, Corn- Cornel Cathcart in the 1970 version. Wow. So, uh, Joseph Heller, I-, I was curious to see what he looked like. So this next photo is of Joseph Heller. And they say, and I'm just going to read this verbatim parts of Catch 22 have not aged well. The humor at times feels dated, uh, repetitive, and over the top. The novel's misogyny, women are objectified and sexualized, sketches a pre feminist view of the world run by men who celebrated a band of brothers mentality. If Heller, a bombardier in World War II, who died in nineteen ninety nine had published Catch twenty two in the post Me Too area, his editor would likely have suggested a bit more enlightenment. But I feel like you gotta think of the Times. It wasn't the Me Too movement and it was in the middle of World War Two. So I think that this is, you know, a genius book written for the Times and the satire that it, it has in it is is kind of priceless.
0: Yeah, and it also sort of acts as a time capsule, yeah. right? We have to remember how it was so we don't go back to acting yeah. that
1: way. And and where we were and how far we've come, or, you know, you can have that debate regardless, but yes, I agree that history is important. Yeah. Um, so again, on this news cycle and, and promoting this new show, uh, if you like the movie, it says Joseph Heller's novel, then you'll love Uh, The epic take of Catch-22 starring the talented Christopher Abbott. And there he is, Yo-Yo. Hi, Yo-Yo. How's that red carpet treating you? (laughs) Um, And then I thought this last photo that I have here was a fun behind-the-scenes photo of uh, George Clooney, uh, Kyle Chandler. And they're laughing it up uh, on location in Italy about who knows what. It always cracks me up in period pieces
0: when or like even shows like Game of Thrones or something where it's so different than our contemporary dress and our technology and yeah. everything when you see George Clooney in his casual polo Yeah. with all the World War 2 bombardiers. Yeah. It always cracks me up. I love those behind the scenes yeah. pictures. So yeah. Yeah. That's I fun. love that. Okay, so we have Just a minute, but I want to hear predictions for next episode.
1: I'm not sure where they're going to go. I think that we are definitely going to see the fall of Yo-Yo in some shape, way, or form. Um, I think that we're going to have the fallout of, you know, this would-be proposal that didn't get a chance to happen. Um, And I also think that we are going to find out where the missing action people are. Because there are a couple of people that were missing action this episode.
0: Yeah. I think those are all really spot on. And I agree with all of those. I also firmly believe that there will be romance in the next episode. I firmly believe that. With the nurse? With the nurse. Okay. Yep. And um, also, I'm really curious to see how the next two episodes read and play out. Because they are... Directed by the guy who plays Doc Danica. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious to see how that tone or how it differs from the last four episodes. And
1: it's going to, those two are going to be major because of the last two episodes. Yeah. We'll All right.
0: Well, guys, it was a pleasure to have you with us. If you're watching tonight, thank you for joining us live. If you are listening tomorrow um, or sometime on your commute, good morning. Welcome. Thank you for being with us. You can find me across all social media at
1: Janine Doyan guys love the show love discussing it with you if you want to continue the discussion please reach out to me anywhere on social media at linda is so girly thanks so much and we'll see you next time bye guys bye
0: our founder kevin undergaro and me maria Menunos, would like to
1: thank you for tuning in to after buzz tv remember we're not just the first we're the biggest in the world and we're the only destination for all your favorite tv shows